0: at all ages and stages of life stay tuned as we shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort Well, welcome back to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. I'm your host, Lori LeBay. And if you liked our opening song, it's called Clearing Call by the Mark Arneson Band. And you can download that on any of your favorite music platforms. For those of you that are new to our show, we are about sound information, not just sound bites. We want to talk with real people in the trenches doing real things and find out what's working and what's not. Think about why are you interested in our show? Because chances are you could be our next guest. You know something that maybe somebody else needs to know as well. So reach out to me at radio at alzheimerspeaks.com. Now, before I introduce our guest today, I always like to do a couple of shout outs. And one I have to shout out to, cause time is a ticket on this one, is Maud's Ventures. Maud's Ventures is giving seed money Fifty dollars to $100,000 for three different challenges. One has to do with aphasia, another has to do with adaptive clothing, and yet another has to do with respite care. So go to Maud's Ventures to learn more. I also want to give a shout out to Dementia Map, our global resource directory. Uh, that is so much more than just a directory. You will find events and blog posts, all kinds of things. And if you're interested in being listed, we do have a 25% off our paid plans, but keep in mind, we do have a free one as well. And for users, there's no cost. You don't have to register. No identity information is given, no membership. Um, is made so you don't have any passwords. It's just simple and easy to explore. I'm so excited because Memory Cafes are coming back online. And so if you go to memorycafedirectory.com or if you search them out on Dementia Map, you will find which ones are now live and in-person and which ones are still virtual. Also, I just talked with Coral Health and they are going to allow people to continue to download their two apps, Music First and Coral Faith free until the end of 2021. So thank you, Coral Health. And let's see, uh, Together for Dementia is going to be having a uh, conference, which is a global conference. And you can find out more information by going to alzheimerspeaks.com on how to register for that. I want to tell you about a research project that is going on. They are looking for employees that are diagnosed with dementia. And their criteria is as follows. One, you have to have received a diagnosis from a licensed medical professional. You have to be age 35 and over. You have to speak fluent English and be in the United States. And you have to be currently employed part-time, full-time, or have recently left work because of dementia. And lastly, be willing to be interviewed um, remotely and have your interview recorded. And you can get more information on this research project by calling 203-510-3470. The so next we're going to hear from the foot bar walker and then we will be right back to introduce you to our guest today. Introducing the life-changing foot bar walker. I'm Peggy from Danville, Kentucky and I'm 91 years old. The foot bar walker revolutionized my care of George. It absolutely benefits the patient and the caregiver both and that's the beauty of it. It's so easy to use. It folds up just like a dream. I got it in and out of the car without any effort at all. The saving that I made from having to put him in a nursing home came to about $192,000. Does someone you love use a walker? Do they struggle excited to have Carrie Mills Rutland back with us on the show. She is always filled with great information. And the last time she was here, she was single. Since then, she's gotten married and now is a proud new mama. And I'm so excited for them on their journey. Now, Carrie has been in the industry since 2002. And she has worked solely with people with cognitive impairment she is the founder and president of age well simply and she has had many opportunities to share her expertise and her vision here in the united states as well as in canada the united kingdom hong kong and china uh, carrie is co-author of i care a handbook for care partners of people with dementia and she most recently authored serving residents with dementia transformation and care strategies for assisted living providers. She is well known and well respected in the industry. She is a local guest on radio shows and has been featured on PBS as well as CBS uh, television. She is a national board certified health and wellness coach and she is a trained practitioner in the Bredesen protocol, which we're gonna talk about today. And in this capacity, she works with clients and families that are focusing on interventions that can stop the progression of cognitive impairment, including that of Alzheimer's disease, and in many cases, helps clients strengthen and repair cognitive loss. Well, Carrie, I'm just so thrilled to have you on the show again. It's been a long time. Lots of things have changed. And so thank you, first of all, for for taking the time to be with us
1: today. Really appreciate it. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here, Lori. So always my pleasure for sure. Thank you.
0: Well, good. As always, I always ask every guest on the show if they've been personally touched by dementia in their own family or circle of friends. So if you wouldn't mind kicking us off answering that question, and then we'll go into our line of questioning. Sure,
1: sure. Yeah, so I actually, I wasn't. But the way that I got into this work was that After I had graduated college, I had a degree in international marketing. And so, you know, the plan was to fly around the world and look nice and show up and say something, you know, whatever, whatever someone paid me to do. And it turned out God had a totally different plan. So I end up moving. I went to school in Arizona. I moved back to New York. I'm in New York. I'm working with my dad. And I start reading my Bible. It changes my life. And two years later, I say, okay, God, where do you want me to be? And I start working in a nursing home. And it, they changed my life. They radically changed my life. And then I ended up working specifically with people who have dementia. And I was like, great, what am I going to do here? And they ended up teaching me more than I could have ever taught them. And they kind of just became my world. I have enjoyed being in crowds of people with dementia almost more than crowds of people without. <laughs> I love their genuineness, their straightforwardness, you know, where you stand all the time. I and I was 23 when I started with them. So it's been 20 years of being in an environment where you really get to, you know, um, kind of learn and grow. And they've been my greatest teachers. So,
0: well, how cool is that? It is funny when you get those epiphanies and your world just changes and you just know you fit yeah. in that, yeah. in that slot. Well, why don't you yeah. tell us about Age Well Simply? What is it? And why did you start this business?
1: Yeah, So after working for with people who had dementia in the assisted living setting, right, I started my own business called Engaging Alzheimer's. And the whole idea was that I wanted to meet people early on and literally engage them, right? I I wanted this disease not to be what took them, but rather they took the disease. And naturally during all of that time, I was regularly being reminded of tactics and treatments and medications and research and, you know, people were always sharing with me, you know, different ways that you could stop this disease. And yet I knew the disease and I knew the people, right? So when somebody says, here's one pill, that's going to fix the 49 year old, that's having rapid decline. And yet the 87 year old who has intermittent, like there's, to me, it was always like, there's gotta be more to this. Cause they, probably aren't coming from the same place, but I didn't know what it was. And to me, it didn't matter. I was all about behavior management and engaging in life and you know, maximizing life. And so um, a number of years ago, I read the work of Dr. Dale Bredesen and his, his work made sense to me because it was about engaging people in all the ways we already knew, right? There's nobody who's watching this. And if you're watching this, you're one of the first people to watch it, then what I'm about to say, you're gonna hear everyone else in the world say. But you have to exercise and sleep matters and reducing medications and being careful about medications and um, engaging people so they're not just sitting around bored all day, right? All of these things we knew in a vacuum were, were would work and would help people. But what his work did, it was that he said, for starters, we got to do all of it right? We're dealing with the brain. We're not dealing with the liver, right? That regenerates. We're dealing with the brain, which is the most complicated organ we have. And we can barely even go in and poke around because, for fear that we'll mess something up, right? On top of that, what he said was rather than try to find a solution for something, we don't know where, the, where it comes from. He said, why don't we look at everything that causes, everything that makes the brain function well, and then let's examine what that looks like when people aren't well and see you know, what's what's not at top speed or what's not optimal, and let's try to get there. So anyhow, I followed his work, loved his work, started to see, you know, saw the the, um, results coming out, the people were really having success with it. And so the thing was, it was really complicated. And so in my learnings of it, and in my, you know, um, really saturating myself with it, moving to Seattle to work with a physician for a year and a half to really understand it, I decided that I wanted to help people do this, right? I wanted to engage people in doing this, but it had to be in a way that was sustainable in real life because it was very complicated. And so that's sort of the notion, right? And so it it goes, it, there's something for everybody, for you, for me, for a 30 year old, for a 20 year old. If we live well every day, if we make decisions every day, the, the, the right choices, right? Then we're gonna age well, naturally. And so, I want us to be able to do this in a way that's simple. So for the protocol, certainly I want to help people go through it and I want to help them do it well and simplify it as much as they can in their life. But it also works for somebody who says, well, I don't have a problem, but I want to be better. Okay, well then let's, let's start with where you're at and where you'd want to be. And let's slowly put those, those changes into place so that we can support and help people make sustainable change. That's where the business came from. <laughs> well, why don't
0: you tell us a little bit more? Let's go in a little bit more depth in terms of you've got a prevention plus and an intervention plus programs that you have. So I know,
1: I know I'd know, i love to learn more about that. And I know our audience would as well. We'll start with prevention, right? So for everybody who, who sits there and says, my goodness, my mom, write your situation. My mom died of this disease. I watched her go through it. I don't want to go through it what do we know based in science today, is there anything that you can be doing that will help you prevent the same destiny she had, right? Prevention is also for the people who hit menopause, right? All those women that hit menopause and talk about menopause fog. There's a reason that your brain is doing that and it's obviously, change in hormones is a big part of that. But there's other things that are going on in your body as your bones start to break down, toxins that have been stored in your body begin to be released. Your body doesn't know what to do with them, doesn't get rid of them fast enough, right? And then on top of that, if you live in the Northeast, for instance, pretty much everyone here is vitamin D deficient, which we know vitamin D using that as an example, right? An easy one. We know how important that is for cell growth and cell energy, et cetera, et cetera. So what so for people with prevention you don't have to do the full program right because you're not really having a problem yet but you want to get ahead of it so there's an element there's diet we look at your exercise sleep is a big one just helping people like ruling out sleep apnea it's amazing sleep apnea has always been people think of you know the over the the 10 plus overweight male right that's that's who wears the CPAP machine and I have worked with so many Petite women who you'd never in a million years think that they had any kind of problem. And they, in fact, do. And, non, and so what's happening right at night is they're starving their brain. They're literally suffocating themselves you know, in their sleep while they're you know not getting the oxygen they need. So sleep is a big one. And then we, we run an, a handful of tests. So rather than the full battery of tests, we just do a handful. So we look at people's APOE genetics. We look at how people methylate. Um, which has to do with how they detox. And then we also just kind of do a basic panel and a few different markers of inflammation, of, of toxic biotoxin markers, a, a panel of um, nutrients and vitamins, hormones, right? So we're, we're getting like a small picture. And then if, if something in any of those categories is off, then we'll go and we'll we'll dig it a little bit deeper. But in the event that they come back and they're fairly stable, but maybe not optimal, then we'll help people to optimize those areas that need it. And then again, focus on lifestyle. And that's where these small subtle changes, right? Begin to take hold. And so the prevention program, we do it, we stay committed to each other for six months because during that time, there's time to find out what the problem, any problems that might exist, address them, and then begin to put the changes in place that again are sustainable for somebody who can go on to make those changes. Some people want to stay on and want to keep doing the health coaching component and want to retest and that's fine right but as far as really making sure that a person is identified their problems and fix them 6 months will will take care of them the intervention program is a little it's a little bit it's the same thing it's just more in depth and we go together longer right if you will where our data is, is a longer time frame it's a year instead of 6 months And the reason being that we're, we already have a problem, right? So we know we have a lot that we're going to have to fix. And now, you know, we're in a sprint, not a, not a marathon because your brain, the brains have already started to make change and we're trying to stop a disease that, that we barely even know where it's coming from. Right. And so those guys, we, we not only, not only does it take longer to implement it, but then also we need to make sure that they stick with it so that they really have that compliance, because compliance is key. Without it, nobody will do well on this protocol. <laughs> like, it's not like they can take a medication. If they don't fix anything else, they might see success. I mean, the the protocol is the medication, if you will. Um, the other component that we include in that is a lot of dementia care coaching. So, you know, it's a spouse that's doing that, you know, the w- wife is doing this for her husband. And, yet her husband is resistant. Her husband doesn't remember why he's doing this. Her husband um, gets confused really easily. So we're going to slow things down where we can, right? Husband um, doesn't understand components of it, right? So all these different things that are naturally going to come up. And I find then a lot of other things come up, right? People, you know, how do you look for a caregiver comes up? How do we find somebody who can join our team that Meshes with my husband, you know those sort of things and so we've also just allotted time within the program to be able to meet those needs because again that's what it's going to take to be successful in this with this protocol. So those are sort of the two different programs that we have.
0: okay, so I had a couple of questions on both okay. of them. Do people do this on an individual basis or do they do it like on a group basis because one thing when you were talking and my mind works weird you know. So I love excuse it. I me, love it. But I was thinking, you know, how cool would it be to be in a group that supports one another? I mean, you have like, you know, the Weight Watchers and things like that that work together and you're just adding in a few other things with the process. I just thought, oh, that would be, you know, kind of interesting and could really support people. And then, you know, if they're dealing with a neurodegenerative, you know, disease on top of it. You know that ties them in to support yeah. as well with that. So sure. I didn't know if yeah. that was something that you that you do or have done or you know would are
1: considering doing. So I
0: thought I'd throw it out there.
1: <laughs> I love it, Lori. Always let them ride for sure. Yeah. So interestingly, uh, so there's the individual component, right? Because people have individual labs and there the, those parts obviously are specific. And then where people are at in the change. One of the things we've talked a lot about how to make all of that work. And while we can certainly do it on Zoom, and that might be part of where we end up going with it, that might be part of it. Ideally, we would love to have small pods who will eventually also be able to be together in person. So yeah, nothing, nothing can motivate like Peers doing the same thing, living it the same way, you know, for me to say, oh, I know it really stinks that you can't have your favorite ice cream tonight. That's great. But I get to go have my favorite ice cream. Right. Whereas when somebody says that to somebody else who's already lived it, done it and has had success or is just in the process, it just holds such a different value. Right. So, yeah, group. we would love to. We've actually been in conversation with a number of um, with a hospital in one area and a, a different group in another to do it as a group. And so it's just, you know, with COVID and everything that happened there, it just sort of sideline things. But um, but absolutely is the answer. And for sure, even if we had. So say we got a call from somebody who said, hey, me and my girlfriends want to do this. Right. Or I've got this group and we want to do it you know, can we make that work? The answer would be absolutely, let's figure out how to do that.
0: Cool, yeah. and then under the the intervention, do couples ever do it together? Cause I'm thinking a lot of times this is husband and wives or, you know, partners or friends or whatever. And a lot of times we do something for the person with the issue. Yeah. Um, but <laughs> right. does does the person interested in prevention or just being supportive, do you see do you see that model very often where they work together? So, you know, it's not that I can have ice cream and you can't. right. You know, oh, right.
1: right. Yeah. So spouses are where we see that the most. And I would say almost all spouses end up doing it. So some spouses will even come. So we have kind of a mixed of three. We have the one who does it resentfully, (laughs) which I always feel for them, you know, but we have that who who nobody asked them to do it, but I understand why they do it, which PS doesn't fare well, because now you have two miserable people and one can't lift the other. So I, I don't recommend being that, that couple. Then you have the second set, which is the couple that says. I'm going to do every I'm going to do everything she does because I just want us to be in this together. So absolutely that's the majority of them. And then I've actually worked with a number who say, "You know what? I want to get my blood work done. I want to find out what's impacting me, even if I'm doing it for prevention or I'm not showing any signs." it's partly to be supportive to the spouse but then it also is sometimes they're curious for themselves like right now we're working with a gentleman and his his brother every time I said something about the protocol he he would answer for his brother and then he said but you know I want to tell you like I have this going on I have that going on I I'd love to see what mine looks like right because you can't help but be curious like if you can if you learn information you want to see how it applies to you so so absolutely yeah
0: well, and I, you know, to me, it kind of reminds me of, because again, a lot of people go into that, you know, with their, their feet out, and you're just pulling them in, you
1: yeah. know, going, yeah. come on,
0: we're going to do this, and, and there's a lot, there could be a lot of resistance, and I think sometimes that happens even with healthcare directives and wills and things like that, and if you can do it together, it just takes the scary out of it, and it doesn't make people feel different, really. Yeah focuses everything more on smart living versus being fear based or waiting for the other shoe to drop and and you know once that happens, you know, yeah. you're behind the eight ball already.
1: Actually even to that point, just before I um just before COVID hit, I was leading small group I had a small group that was meeting in person. And part of what we did, like one of the things they said is like, we hate it when we go to a restaurant, like we can't find anything to eat or we go to like a regular support group and we can't have any of the snacks. And so part of what we, we did was we always made sure like we had them bring the food one day or we would provide the food another day so that, so that there was that sense of camaraderie. And then the group started going out to eat together because somebody had found a restaurant and knew what you could order. And, you know, so I mean, it to your point, it was like, this is doable. And if we do it as a team, it's just so much nicer than doing it alone. So whether it's one person or a group. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It'd be neat if uh, the Bredesen protocol did kind of like what a weight watchers does where they have their books of this is, this is what works and this doesn't work, you know, just, just a guide or even just simple tips that are handed out or passed around as one person learns, Hey, uh, this is what you can have here. Um, Right. Exactly. You know, just having that that uh, well to be able to mine. So once somebody goes through kind of the testing and stuff, you said six months for the prevention and then a year, you know, for the intervention, how often do you meet and, you know, how are you meeting? Again, it sounds like it's Zoom right now because of, you know, where we're at with things, Um, but I would imagine they have to come into clinic to, you know, get blood draws and things like that initially.
1: Yeah. So, and, and actually just even to meet the person. So if people live local, then naturally we see them in person, but if people don't live local, then we can start them off by way of Zoom as well. Right. I mean, I'm not going to North Dakota anytime soon or to <laughs> Minnesota for you, but you know, I'm not going to North, uh, New Mexico. They're not coming here. So certainly we can do a lot of it. Um, via zoom there's certain things that wouldn't be able to be done if the doctor doesn't meet the person naturally, but from a health coach perspective and if I can help them find a doctor in their area, certainly then we can, we can move along the same exact way. To answer your question, we meet weekly. So, um, the first month or so is spent with them getting the blood work, you know, kind of getting like, so we have our initial consult and then they have to get all of the information. So they have to do blood work and any other specialty tests, get an MRI. And after we have all that information come in, then we meet. And that's to me, it's kind of like day zero, you know, that's the getting started day. Um, And so from there, then we meet on a weekly basis. So whether it be for six months or whether it be for for a year.
0: Okay, so when they do like testing and stuff, is, is does that stuff go through their normal insurance then? So it can,
1: so it's twofold. So for some people, they just go to Dr. Bredesen's site and they just, they purchase the lab. So now these days for prevention or intervention, you can actually just go to, it's ApolloHealth.com. You can go there and you can actually buy the set of labs. Um, it's just under 1,000 for intervention and I think just under 500 for prevention. And the the upside to that is that what you're gonna pay in co-pays, and if you, you know, so say I, you say I want my doctor to order it and I want it to go through insurance. I say, okay, and I email you all the lab codes and all the information your doctor would need. There's a lot of tests on there that aren't part of what doctors normally order. Not that they're fine, but they're just, it's not part of the normal stuff. And so what ends up happening is that if they don't code it right or they don't put the right diagnosis or something, then you're stuck with potentially this large bill, right? Or depending on what your insurance doesn't cover. And it's hard to know all of that information ahead of time. So for somebody who's like really good at like calling their insurance company and making sure that all the right stuff is done before and they have the time and they they know how to do that, then, then that's a great option for them. But for a lot of people for that initial set, it's easier just to purchase this packet, you know, purchase that plan, and then we go from there. There's a couple of tests that aren't included that we do want, and so those ones we would, locally, we work with a, a particular doctor named Dr. Zislas, but if it, if it was somebody who was out of state, then we would just have that person, we would send that person what they need for their doctor to order it follow-up tests are done by their doctor. Okay. Dr. Zislas here.
0: Yeah. And that whole coding stuff. I mean, it's complicated because you can be on the phone with your insurance company. You got it all set. I know I had that even just with, uh, I think it was my eyeglasses and it came back. Oh, it's not covered. And I'm like, okay, I've talked to everybody I was supposed to talk to. (laughs) I have this written down, I yes. called back. They're t- still telling me the same thing. And then they're right. like, well, don't worry. In like three or four months, we'll get this all figured out, you know, but, but yes. it's just a hassle. And then yeah. it's, and it's stressful and people don't right. need that, that extra stress. So if they no. can, if they and can, I don't them.
1: want people being all of a sudden slammed with $2,000, you know, that didn't get covered from Medicare when you're not expecting that, you know, I mean, it's one thing if you can afford it or not, it's another when you just don't expect it. And all of a sudden that's on your, you know, on your table. So, yeah. Um, sure. So yeah, the, but those are the two options. And like I said, there's follow up blood work every three months, different blood work at the six month marker and 12 month marker. And so that stuff, then we we do just have the doctor do it.
0: Okay, great. Why don't you tell us kind of what you think your secret sauce is that, that you give clients that, that other people don't?
1: So I, I think really, it's our motivation, partly and then our attitude. So our motivation is that we have seen thousands of people with this disease. I could write the story for most people these days just upon one meeting, right? You could as well. It you know, based on what you see, based on the symptoms you see, this is where you're going to be in a couple of months and a couple of years, whether you're going to be a long liver or a shorter lifespan. I mean, I just I've seen so many people pass away with this condition. and as much as we try to make it great for people, and there are so many stories where it goes beautifully, there's just as many stories that don't, right? Despite doing everything right. And I mean like care facilities do it right and families do it right. But you know, when somebody falls and now all of a sudden, you know, this independence they had and they just lost it, and now cognitively they're gonna decline. Like there's so many of so many situations that i I've, I've seen, not to mention just in general, the progression of the disease. For me, the motivation to see somebody help them not be the end, that be the end of their life. I mean, I, I, I could go hundred miles based on that motivation. You know what I mean? So yeah. that's part of it. And then the second thing is our perception. We are, we are people who believe it can be done. You know, we don't look at roadblocks and see them as, you know, a 10 foot wall that we can't get past. We see them as something we just have to break through that we have to go around, that we have to climb. Never said it will be easy but we will be here every second of the way we will be your partner in all of this. We have a, a, a dynamic set of strategic partners. So when it comes to bam, this is hormones are your issue. We know where you need to go. You know, we, we don't want people wasting time trying to figure stuff out. We've already been there. We've already done that, you know? And so we can, I mean, part of, part of that also is that's dementia, that's the disease, that's how you manage that today. One of the crazy things is as people do this protocol, they, and they kind of go backwards, you know, through the disease process, all of a sudden people become a little more resistant, people become a little more independent. You know, you forget that wasn't, I wished I had it, but it's not that easy all the time. So we've already been there, done that, right? So we we also have the workarounds for all these things. So our mindset of we we believe this can be done. This is sheer. This is hope to live on. You know, this is something that can be done. And if you want to do it, we are we are the people who will be here to do it with you. And like I said, we've already we figured it out. We are constantly looking to see how we can simplify it and make it um, more manageable for people, more cost effective for people, more um, embraced in their life, helping them share it with friends or family members or physician. Anybody who disagrees with it we're there to counter that. So that mindset and that motivation are truly what make us different and then add our whole then add our whole team to it. And it's a, it becomes a one-stop shop. So people aren't going to be left running all over trying to find all the right resources. We already know who they are and where they are and how to get in contact with them.
0: Well, one of the things I have to say, um, Carrie, is, you know, you are, um, to me, just a trusted soul. You know, you have been living and breathing, you know, in this industry. And one of the things I adore is you don't see roadblocks. You just see an opportunity to learn something new on the way, you know, this is a detour. And, you know, what what are we going to take from this experience? Because no matter what it is, we can, we can help others, you know, through this process. And to me, that's a huge, huge, value in in not feeling alone and having somebody who really really understands things now i'm sure there's some people out there that just opt not to do this or they just don't succeed in the program can you talk about why you you know why you see those two sets of people and and you know why do you think they choose to opt out or or they just don't quite succeed even though they're on the program
1: sure yeah so, um, the first group, it's hard. That's what it comes down to. Change is hard. You know, if I'm doing this for my mom, and my mom is 85, and my mom is 75, and I want her just to live well, and I don't want to have to tell her everything she can't do, and I don't want to, she'd never exercise. What does that look like today? You know, it, it feels like you're staring up at a mountain, and yet I want my mom to do better, and I don't have the perspective of what. The next five years of her life looks like, right? As her daughter, I, Carrie Rutland, do because I've seen it so many, but she doesn't have that. And so she says, I'll just, I'll take what's coming. And meanwhile, I'm like, you don't know it, but this disease is going to be hard. Everything, like, you have more ahead of you than you actually realize, but I'm not going to sit here and tell you what that is, right? But I can, I can change what's hard and I can, I can insert into the equation hope and I can, it, Insert into the equation helping, right? Because so much of this disease that people come that's so hard is that you feel so helpless, like you're watching somebody deteriorate or you're watching yourself deteriorate, and then you're told there's nothing that can be done. And so you know, people want the help, they, they want to be able to do something, but it's, it's a lot. It's a lot of work, it's a lot of commitment, it's time, it's energy, it's mindset, it's finances. And so I find that one of those somewhere in there are the reasons that people say, I just don't think I can do it. Um, and I get that. And I'm actually really okay with that. I think it's, you know, there's a a verse in the Bible that talks about counting the cost and talks about this man who's building a house and then he realized he didn't have the money to finish building the house. So everybody thinks he's like kind of a dork because he didn't count the cost ahead of time. So he's got this half built house. And I think that for the people who do this halfway and then drop out, They actually feel worse than if they never started because they've been fed all of we can do it. There's some hope here. We can do this. And then they feel even more responsible that then they didn't do it. And I'm like, you you can't do that to yourself. You were fighting a terminal illness and then you tried to stop it. Like if you if you couldn't get there, don't beat yourself up. Do only all you can do is is. Like recognize all the efforts that you did make, right? So that's kind of that first group. Um, the second group, they tend to, you know, the the it's a variety of why people tend not to get better. It's a smaller percentage, so. Um, when I looked at the group of people I worked with for about a year, I worked with 25 specific people. I was in their life every day. And so I I kind of was able to see, you know, what's helpful, what's not, what can be triaged, what, what seems to be most valuable for some people versus other people, you know, and of them, 75% of people remained the same or got better. So 10 of them really kind of remained the same, but edged toward better, which again, in a year is unheard of with this condition. So I'll take it. And I'm basing this on MOCA scores, you know, what their neurology said. I mean, not just my own, like, I think she's better, not that, you know, but like real testing information, eight people literally tested better, whether it was their MOCA score, whether it was their neuropsych testing and, or their neurologist commenting, you know, after doing their battery of tests. And then six of the people got worse. So I think Yeah. So there's 24 people, not 25. So six of the people got worse. And of those people, they had, I think part of it was we couldn't get to the real root of maybe what was going on for them. Um, For some people, they might've been more advanced to start with. And so because of that, we were fighting a a hill that was a little bit steeper to start with. Um, For some of them, the person who was helping them, their care partner in it, it was just very stressful for them. And mind you, this all happened. And within, you know, in the first five months, it was, uh, we were in it for five months and then COVID hit. So the isolation and just, you know, add life to it. Um, that was really difficult for some of the care partners as well. Because now they were totally isolated doing this by themselves, not even seeing family for months at a time and stuff. So it was a variety of reasons. Naturally, if somebody wasn't compliant, they didn't see success. But I will tell you that in working with them every week, there was nobody who wasn't compliant. They weren't all compliant 100% at all. You know, Maybe they hit the mark between 80 and 90%. Nobody did it 100% except for one person. Um, and so I think it's a variety of reasons w- within that. Uh, I try to also be really honest with people right out the gate of, of you know this is gonna be harder for person A than it might be for person B, depending on what we're seeing. So that people again can just be realistic and you know um, go in with the mindset it will be tough but but that's okay because we're fighting a fight worth fighting
0: well and I would imagine personality styles come in too in yeah. terms of belief systems and all of those types of things yeah. Yeah. Um, and what type of support they have in their family and friends yeah. you know because our self-talk is is real strong but you know. So is our peers and our family yeah. in terms yeah. of what's there, or, you know, is it a person who normally self-sabotages, right. you know, themselves? Yeah. I, I loved when you said, you know, you're all right for those who decide not to do this because it's probably better that they just step back, than they try. And then, because stress is horrible on this disease and, you know, we don't want to give them any reason to beat themselves up anymore. That's, that's not going to help help yeah. anybody. So who do you think is really like the, the right person for your service? And, and when is the right
1: time? So I don't think that you can ever be too early. Because again, like I said, there's something for everyone. And so, you know, you look at 20 year olds these days, they have stress that I I've never known. You look at the group in the 30s, they have all kinds of depression and anxiety that I'm like, I don't understand why. Like what what happened to them that didn't happen to me? You know? You know, you look at these different age groups of people and they're suffering in different ways. And so I say that because, you know, depression, is it something in the gut? Is it expectations? I look you look at stress. You just mentioned that. You know, stress single handedly destroys the hippocampus, which is where we, we process new memories, right? So, gee, I'm stressed that I can't remember while well, I'm creating a problem for myself at the same time, right, um, you know, who's self-medicating with alcohol that destroys the frontal lobe, right? These are just, these are everyday people issues. These are not people with dementia issues, right? Exercise is, is you know, we, everybody has a gym membership, but nobody goes, right? <laughs> Which is kind of the joke around around New Year's and New Year's resolutions. But exercise is critically important for, for function in the entire body. And so, in my opinion, no no, no year is too early. Um, certainly, if you start to be feeling like, gee, I don't remember like I used to, or I can't word find like I used to, or, you know, I can't process things the way that I used to, whatever you do at this point, don't just say that's normal. That, that's that been a pet peeve of mine forever because it's not, yes, okay, it's normal if you can't remember the exact date you graduated middle school on. Nobody's talking about that, right? But if you're noticing this change in yourself and that's why you're going to be your own best evaluator, then something is happening, right? So go find out what's happening because to to date right if you thought there was nothing you can do about it it is scary but it doesn't mean you don't do something because you don't know what treatments might've been coming available. Well, today I can tell you that there's absolutely things. I mean, I can't, the, um, the amount of people that I've met that had a diagnosis of myocognitive impairment and now don't, it's astonishing. I never thought I would meet those people in my life, right? because I never thought it would happen, right? People who had Alzheimer's disease an actual diagnosis and the neurologist is the one saying, you no longer meet the criteria. Or a neurologist who's been hearing about this program for a year and a half that somebody's doing it, and now the person's doing so well that the neurologist is saying, tell me again what it is that you're doing, right? A neurologist who does this all day long. So when you start to see a change in yourself, begin. Don't wait you know, because the the earlier you catch it, the less overwhelming the whole thing is going to be, you'll have more of your own wherewithal to do it. But also, there might not be as much that has to be changed. And so it won't be such a daunting um, program for you. So that would be my thought about when to start. As far as who, my feeling is that if you're somebody who's willing to dabble in change, let's do it. Let's do it. You know, if you're, if you're unmotivated if you're trying to make somebody else do it it's not going to work i can't drag you through this you know my job isn't to show up and make people do it family say that all the time can you make him do i can't make anyone i can barely make myself do stuff i do not have the power to make anybody do anything however if you have the interest and you have the want then we'll work together to find that motivation. Find your reasons for wanting change, right? Is it grandkids? Is it just to live longer? Is it to feel good? Whatever the motivation is, we'll find that motivation and we'll work together to, to build on that. Um, but again, those who want to do it because they wanna make somebody else be somebody different are the wrong people.
0: I can see that. And I, and I can see families going, Can't you? can't you make them? Yeah. And it's like, you know, I'm better, and you can't make them. Oh, my God, do it. But yeah. um, it they is... love you. They don't even know me. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it, it is interesting how we always think someone else can fix the problem. Yeah. And yeah. it really is up to up to us to step forward. Well, is there anything that we haven't covered regarding Age Well Simply? That you want our audience to know? I think you covered it.
1: I mean, again, I I think the takeaway that I want people to have is that our brains are so important and there's so much we can do to protect them. And I would love, I would love it if in the next 10 years, there's so many more people who don't have Alzheimer's despite the current statistical projection. And on top of that, then they feel better. They're living better. They feel a little more in control of their own health. That's our desire for people at H12 Simply. We want to work with you. We want to, we want to be the ones who come alongside you. You know, at first it feels like, well, gee, I, I could do it by myself. If you can, then go do it. But if you're like most of us, the support system that's going in the same direction you are, can often be hard to find. And so we want to, we want to be that, that group, right? Whether it's our, t- us, me and my team, whether it's, um, a group setting like you were talking about. But we really want people to know that there is something that can be done about this disease, that you, you can live well into your old age with, with a really good, healthy brain. And it doesn't need to just be left up to fate and your genetics. There's something that you can do about it. So that's really the takeaway that we want people to have.
0: Well, I know a lot of times people will look at costs. And um, you know, one of the things, just because of the the new drug that got approved, that chances are, you know, that $56,000, again, most of it will be picked up by probably by Medicare, but there's, you know, they're saying anywhere from six to 11,000, you might be paying out of pocket. And, you know, it's, it's subject to, is this even going to work at all? And there are some pretty big issues that people could have, like swelling of the brain and things like that, And I'm assuming, and please correct me if I'm wrong, that you probably don't deal with a whole lot of side effects in terms of what you're doing because everything is kind of healthy-based. Sure. So,
1: yeah. So I will correct you. There's actually a bunch of side effects. Mm -hmm. So you probably will lose weight Mm -hmm. if you want to lose weight. You will likely come off of any statin-type drugs. You will likely come off any kind of diabetes medication. You will likely um report feeling the best that you've ever felt. If you deal with constipation, that will go away. If you are deal with insomnia or, you know, um distressed sleep, you know, waking during the middle of the night, can't go back to sleep, can't fall asleep, that will go away. If you're dealing with a lot of aches and pains, those will likely go away. So yeah, there's a there's a whole bunch of side effects that I think any of us would sign up for. Okay. But as, but as far as negative ones, you're absolutely right. You know, um, because what you're doing is you're just trying to bring your body back to its optimal state. Mm-hmm. And so in doing so, there's nothing negative that goes with that, right? So if you if you hit, you know, if you get a little diarrhea or something from a supplement, then you stop that supplement and your diarrhea goes away. You know, it's nothing long-term. That's probably... The only one I've seen happen, you know, with the exception of people who got worse, and they didn't get worse because of what we did; they just didn't get better. You know, um, that is probably like the only side effect I've seen, and it's been extremely minimal. Okay, you know? and 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 we know how to work around it.
0: Well, wonderful, because I, you know, when we say side effects, I think we automatically think of the commercials on TV. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're and they're yeah. all negative and you know they're, they're talking yeah. like an auctioneer so we really can't yeah. understand them all. So I'm so glad you pointed that out. So I did the play on words intentionally. Yeah. 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 No, I, yeah. I think that was wonderful. So yeah. if people are interested in getting in touch with you. They can go to age um simply.com or they can email you at info at agewellsimply.com and so phone number would be 914-962-0997 so thank you so much this has just been really enlightening and um, I always enjoy our conversations I always learn so much from you so um, thank you for being just such a power advocate in this space and always moving and shaking things forward
1: thank you Lori and thank you again for continuing to to have this space for, you know, all kinds of amazing work is being done around the world. And this is a, a platform for people to be able to come and listen and be able to get hope and learn about these things. So thank you. I mean, you continue to just provide the space for the voices. So thank you. Cool. Yeah. you. For our
0: listeners, I hope you like click and share this, Um, you know, don't, don't keep this a secret, share the secret you just heard about and, um, you know, reach out to Carrie and her team, Uh, I think you will be amazed at, at what you hear, you know, during a consultation, I should ask, um, I, I just thought of this now do you do like a free consultation
1: just to kind of step people through things. Sure. So when people initially call, they'll, they'll talk to Tim and he'll be able to sort of just get the lowdown of where they're at and then be able to explain the details and, you know, more specifically based on whatever they said to, to how it will, you know, what it would look like for them. So yeah, definitely. Okay. So explaining it, just making sure people know what they're walking into. Okay. Sounds wonderful.
0: Thank you so much. I really appreciate your time today. Thank you